Hello, and welcome to the Extended Family Podcast, presented by Xavier University's Parent and Family Engagement Team. I'm Abby Hopperton, the Director of Parent and Family Engagement, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we will introduce you to resources around campus, and we'll provide relevant information for you to support your student. Welcome back to our Extended Family Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Hopperton, and today I'm joined by Leanne Scherbauer, the Director of our Education Abroad Program within the Center for International Education. Hi, Leanne, how are you? I'm very well, Abby. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely, so glad you're here. So can you tell families um, what your role is within the center and talk a little bit more about the work that your center does for us? Yeah, of course. Um, so we support all things international at Xavier. So when a student travels abroad for an education program, so they're taking classes either for a semester or for a short-term program, maybe one or two courses abroad in the summer, um, we're help facilitating that whole student process okay. as well as helping faculty through that process of developing a program for students and helping collect their waiver forms and get them enrolled in insurance while they're abroad, um, and then making sure that they're also registered for the classes that they're, they're offering. Um, so we facilitate all of that, as well as the billing processes with the Bursar's office, and there's plenty of things all in between <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of I'm helping sure. students then pick the right program, working with academic advisors across campus yeah. to ensure that the classes that they're going to take abroad do count for things that are needed in their degree plans before they leave. Yeah, which is really important too. The work <laughs> yes <laughs> and why students travel abroad okay great can you talk a little bit about the other members of your team and who students might be working with through the process yes um, so we have a assistant director of education abroad and that's Shasta Bray and then we have an international programs advisor who is Bemi Amsalu and so both of um, Shasta and Bemi advise students on study abroad programs they help them through pre-departure activities and orientation, and then also as students are abroad, they can always reach out to us. We facilitate often like Instagram takeovers, so if you want to see what it's like to live abroad for a semester, you can always check out our Instagram page and click on old stories. Um, so we're helping students through that, and then also when they come back to campus, how they can still be involved with our office, um, working as a peer advisor, which is also a group of like five students this semester who are part of our team that help students through the process as well and provide firsthand experience of what it was like to go as a Xavier student to study abroad mm -hmm. and then what all those steps look like as, as they're preparing to go. Okay, sounds like there's a lot of support for students. We try. <laughs> yeah, because it's a pretty complicated process. It is. Talk to us first about the advantages of studying abroad and why you would recommend a student study abroad. Yes, so there's, I would say, a number of reasons for a student to study abroad. Um, first, it will introduce them to a new culture, and maybe a new language, foods, just places to be. Um, and then it also really enhances students' um, like global perspectives mm -hmm. and how to you know, speak maybe into a different language, but then also their independence is gonna grow while they're abroad. They're going to learn how to be flexible and adaptable, but they're yeah going to gain yeah. like leadership skills and yeah. different communication skills and really understand how to navigate mm -hmm. as an independent person in the world that is going to be slightly different than I feel like how they're navigating the world while they're here at Xavier as a student. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so many of those skills that they are growing in as a student abroad 
is also really attractive on a resume and as they go through that next job experience because many of those skills are what employers are looking for in students Mm -hmm. Um, and so that can also be something that they might want to consider when choosing an education abroad program. Yeah, so all those things are great, but what if I'm a student and I'm thinking, wow, that sounds stressful or that sounds a little overwhelming. Can you talk about the fact that, so students don't just have to study for a full semester. They do not. So can you talk about the different types of education abroad programs and the lengths of those programs? Yes, so um, we do have our semester opportunities, which is a fall semester or spring semester, if you wanted to combine into an academic year, um, in which we work with around um, 15 different partners that then become like 90 different opportunities for our students. Um, But there's, you know, a resident director on site and there's support staff and there's Mm -hmm. everyone that you need along the way to ensure that you're going to have a great experience just like you do at Xavier. Mm -hmm. And we work with these people every day to ensure that that is true. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we also have what we call our faculty-led programs at Xavier. Mm -hmm. And so these are Xavier courses taught abroad with one, well, usually two faculty members at least Mm -hmm. um, on the program. Oftentimes it could be more where you're taking a Xavier class with other Xavier students and then Xavier faculty are mm-hmm. accompanying the group throughout the entire experience okay. um, to teach the class and then also provide you know cultural activities and um, things that are relevant to the course within that city. Okay. And can you talk about some of those faculty-led programs? Because a lot of those are tied to specific majors, is that correct? So actually, the like the majority of them are core curriculum classes. Oh, okay. And okay. so students can knock out, I feel like, their theological perspectives, that philosophy perspective, humanities elective, creative yeah. perspective, yeah. all of those perspective courses. Sometimes they also carry those flag classes mm. that... Um, are needed it's like diversity curriculum and oral communication and yeah maybe less so on quantitative reasoning but there yeah. are sometimes yes <laughs> yeah absolutely um, sure and then there are a couple of programs that are then the designed specifically for a major okay um so the Maastricht ones come the Maastricht to mind for ones, me because yes. I used to work at business yes. students so yeah the Maastricht program is specific to business mm-hmm. students Um, But I guess it's all business students. It's not one specific major in the business school. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... Is there a biology? There is a biology program. But like if you go to Costa Rica, you can be a major or a non-major. Oh, okay. And earn your scientific perspective or natural science elective. Okay. And then there's also a program to Wales and England that offers biology and physics, Mm. but they offer at both levels as well. So so if you wanted to take both of your science classes as a non-major abroad in Wales and England, Mm. You could okay. and just knock them out if that's not your thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's cool. Or at least in a different way than a traditional yeah. sixteen-week class. <laughs> a little bit more of nice scenery, maybe, yeah. if nothing yeah. else. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Can you talk about so the like we mentioned the education abroad process can be long. Yes. And very intensive, a little bit maybe. Um, can you talk about that process and? When you recommend a student start thinking about the process? Yes. So, and I would say it does somewhat vary based on a major Mm -hmm. and then the student's interests. Um, If they're looking for a short-term program, then I think that the timeline can be more like a narrower timeline. Like you could choose 
that same semester in which you're going the next semester okay like to study abroad in the summer so like if you wanted to think about it in january or february coming up you could still be going abroad in summer 2024 okay um if you're thinking about going abroad for a semester i would recommend a whole year in advance okay and then I would say if you currently have a first-year student parents, mm -hmm. encourage your first-year students if they are remotely thinking about study abroad to mention it to their academic advisors mm -hmm. during the spring advising session for fall 2024 um, because then that academic advisor can better share when, if they're looking at a semester program, what semester in the future is the right one to look at right because they'll be the ones best knowledgeable about if there's a certain class at Xavier that can't be taken abroad mm -hmm. and if it maybe is only offered in a certain semester during their time at Xavier because yeah. it's not a class that's offered every semester they have that knowledge that the study abroad office unfortunately does not hold mm -hmm. um, we, we know a lot but not everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and so that's where it can get a little bit tricky and especially mm -hmm. if a student has maybe one or two major like I guess yeah. one or more majors and then additional minors that can make the study abroad process slightly more complicated because they're looking for very specific degree requirements instead of if you just have one major there's usually some flexibility within that major yeah. to be right. able to get electives taken abroad that maybe don't count for something incredibly specific to yeah the degree so there's plan. a little bit more flexibility exactly. with where you're going and what you're taking yes okay. but you all work pretty closely with advisors and correct can support in that process too yes. okay what's the first step what is the first thing if i'm a student interested in studying you know in another country education abroad what should i do Probably look at our website, okay. which sounds maybe not fun. <laughs> yeah. But that does contain a ton of information in which you can see what our programs are, mm -hmm. what it might look like to apply. Um, if you are studying abroad on one of our faculty led programs, you're only going to need to apply to Xavier and go through that process. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at a semester program, you maybe apply to us and also fill out a second application. And so that does extend the amount of applications and time that you need to prepare. Yeah. Um, but you'll also want to do some research on the program that you're selecting. Mm -hmm. Probably take the top couple to your academic advisor to figure out which one has really the best classes um, for your, your major. Um, and then make that step to, to apply. And can your um team support in selecting yes. in that process okay yes. so how would a student connect with your office to talk to one of your team members yes so um on our main page of our website we have a section that's like would you like advising there's an intake form the student just provides their name and email and some general times in which they're free and then we reach back out to the student to stop by okay so a lot of the work that your team does is the support um, in the communication with the study abroad locations. Yes. What else? Um, what else should students consider when they're thinking about studying abroad? Are there certain documents or things you'd recommend getting in order that they can do before they even select a site? Yes. So a student should definitely look into: Do they have a passport? Mm -hmm. If they do have a passport, when their passport's expiring? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, a little known fact is that many countries require your passport to be valid six months after the time that you depart from that country coming back to the United States. Mm, um, I didn't know that. So, yeah. So if you're studying abroad 
in the spring semester of 2024 and you're returning back to the United States in May, your passport should be valid through like November of 24 okay. and not just May 2024. Yeah. Um, so, and then with, um, if students traveled for their first time and received a passport when they were in high school, it might be expiring because they're turning like 20 and mm. they got it when they were 15. Yeah. And because when you get your passport when you're 15, it's only valid for five years instead of when you're 16 and you receive your passport, it's valid for 10 years. Okay. How, um, how long are passports taking these days to get? So it is slightly um, a quicker turnaround, but not that much of a quicker turnaround. Yeah. At one point, it was around 18 weeks. We're okay. down to 10 to 13 weeks if you okay. do not um, pay for the extra expedited service. Okay. Um, if you pay the additional $60 for expedited service, it's between five and seven weeks. Okay. So that's just an additional thing that students that's need to be aware of exactly. as they're going through this process. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about the costs of programs? I know it probably varies depending on where they're going, but can you it, talk through that yes. for us? So um, for our semester opportunities, um, our portfolio of options are billed all through Xavier. So you still receive your Xavier Bursar bill and then all of your financial aid um, Xavier Merit scholarships apply to your bill just as if you were studying here. Okay. Um, we do have a handful of programs that do have an additional program fee that's help paying for additional costs that that program offers um, that are outside and beyond what Xavier tuition is. Okay. Um, so those are all noted on our website if they do have an additional program fee. Okay. And then for our faculty-led programs, it does depend on how many classes are being offered, mm -hmm. um, the length of the program. So some programs are as short as a week, mm -hmm. others are as long as six weeks. Okay. Um, so if you're there longer, it's likely going to cost more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I would say the average range is between like 4000 and 8000 um, many of the programs do not include airfare, so that's also something to look at as you may oh, add an yeah. additional $1,200, $1,500 okay. in airfare. Okay, yeah. Um, talk to us about um, some, of the, some of the programs that you see a lot of students taking advantage of. So what are your most popular programs? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, so I would say the majority of students do study abroad in Europe. Okay. Um, we follow national trends of Italy, Spain, and the United Kingdom being our top three. Okay. Um, some places where I would say there's also trends of increase in where students are going would be Germany, South Korea, um, Australia oh, cool. is up there, um, and then less so Latin America, but mm -hmm. we do send a decent number of students to um, Peru and oh, yeah. um, Costa Rica. So those are some cool places to check out as well. Okay. Um, and then in Africa, um, through the expeditions programs, we send a decent number of students to, Nam to Namibia. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, I always Which forget about the awesome. expedition programs. Talk about yeah. those. Yes, and so um, we have a, a unique set of programs called Xavier Expeditions where we're going to uh, remote places on this planet mm -hmm. um, and participating in guide-led study abroad programs. Um, and I guess in Namibia, you're participating in like a safari experience oh, while so cool. taking 
theology and another elective. Um, there's three different sessions this coming summer. So one's a philosophy class, another's biology, and then I think that the last is English potentially. Um, but they're also embarking for the first time this winter break to Antarctica. So oh that's my goodness, wild. that's so cool. Yes. <laughs> Can I go on um, that trip? <laughs> potentially. <laughs> and to Greenland and Iceland. And so just wow. very different places than where you potentially traditionally think study abroad is located. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Um, is there any other information you think that would be helpful to share with families as they support their student through this process? First, I would say that the pre-departure process is probably the most intensive time mm-hmm. once a student has been accepted to their study abroad program in the several months leading up to their departure. Okay. Um, so our office is going to be requesting a decent number of forms in which the student needs to fill out in a timely way. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are going on a semester program, their partner organization and university likely also have very similar forms that need to get completed and finished that are different from ours but oh like okay. do you need to both be finished okay um and not submit our forms to them or vice versa yeah um and so just knowing that those steps need to be taken mm-hmm. um if a student is to choose a semester program there are um many countries that require a visa process mm-hmm. in advance of their departure and unfortunately, Cincinnati is not a um, hub of where a bunch of consulates are, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if students are seeking to do a semester in Spain, they will likely make a trip up to Chicago at some point in time during the semester before they leave yeah. um, to, to obtain the visa because that must be done in person and not through a mail-in process. Right. right. And so just knowing that there's additional steps that aren't always housed at Xavier and, and that are outside of our control also yeah. is processes. And it's all very program specific. It, yes. It's all based on the partner program. Correct. Really. It's nothing yeah. dictated by Xavier's policies. No. It's all yeah. And program. like that's the Spanish government. So yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. So one thing we didn't talk about that I think might be important is are there any type of specific academic requirements or any type of requirements that a student would need to have to qualify for education abroad? Yes. Um, so students need to have completed like the first, like two semesters of okay. their like first year at Xavier. Um, so they can apply as a first year student to go abroad in the summer after their first year going into sophomore year. Okay. That would be like the earliest time that a student can go abroad. Okay. Um, they also need to be in good academic standing. So okay. at least a 2.0 GPA. There are programs that do require a higher GPA, so mm-hmm. just knowing, depending on what you're looking at, what those requirements are. Okay. And then to be in good contact standing with the university as well. Okay. Okay. So pretty basic. Pretty basic things. But yes. to your point, if they choose a more rigorous program, they, they may have, have GPA uh, requirements. Yes, yes. Okay. So uh, like I know for a couple of our semester programs, they require a 3.0 GPA instead okay. of a 2. Okay, so it might be limited a little, but there's still lots of opportunities. Lots of opportunities. Okay, great. Talk to us um, about anything else you think would be helpful. Are there events or anything coming up in your office that students can engage with? Yes, there are. Okay. So um, we will be hosting an event during Week of Welcome in okay. January. 
um, to learn just more about study abroad programs. It come, it's very low stakes. Come spin the wheel, learn yeah. about a, a place that we send students, and also then um, we'll be sharing information about our major event that's coming up at the beginning of February, okay. um, and that is our um, spring study abroad fair. So we'll bring all of our faculty-led programs and our partners that offer semester and short-term options to campus, and students are able to explore the many tables of study abroad programs at that event and okay. learn more about them. And I think if students are looking for anything between summer 2024 and spring 2025, attending the spring study abroad fair is really important because that's where they can make the most, I guess, awareness gains of what programs exist Okay. and then come to us with what are my next steps. Okay, okay. And do you know the date of that? It is Friday, February 2nd. Okay. Um, at least I'm pretty sure. Yeah, February 2nd yeah. <laughs> from 11 to 3 in Gallagher Student Center. Okay. Okay. I assume more information about that will more be on EngageXU. will be on EngageXU. Okay. We do have a little, like, save the date on our website already posted. Okay. So. Are there any other pieces of information or any helpful tips you could provide that you think we haven't talked about yet? I would say start early, students, if yeah. you're able to. Yeah. Um, we're always willing to chat, no matter what. We host a weekly coffee hour on Wednesdays from 3.30 to 4.30. Yeah, those are fun. Um, but <laughs> just free food, free coffee. Yeah. Um, come find us. And if you want to just bring up, oh, I'm interested in studying abroad, we can have a small chat there and then schedule something more formal. Um, and then having that initial chat also with the academic advisor I would say are your two main steps okay um, and then knowing that you can always find information about our programs on our website okay and remind everybody what your website is yes thank you <laughs> You're it is um, xavier.edu forward slash study hyphen abroad okay okay and that is where you had said they can fill out the form to schedule a meeting as well Correct. and all of the programs are listed on yes. there that's for updated pretty regularly too so you mentioned yes. your study abroad event will be listed on there so Correct. lots of really good information on that website yes. and yeah. there's like a for students section there's a for parents section oh so. awesome okay Thanks. check out your own section yes <laughs> yes i can only imagine how helpful that is okay great all right leanne well thank you so much this has been really great really informative i'm sure for families especially those who aren't familiar with a process like this so thank you for taking the time to share with our families. You're welcome. I really appreciated being here. Great. All right. And thank you everyone for listening. If you have any questions or requests for future episodes, you can send them to families at xavier.edu. Until next time, I'm Abby Hopperton, and this has been the Extended Family Podcast. Mm -hmm.